we have a camera that shows the chancel and then we we do a picture and picture of the PowerPoint, right? And I mean, I'm sorry, but that's what you're going to get. We're mm -hmm. not a big evangelical church with 5,000 cameras where you're going to get a fade in and out and you're not going to exactly. see the soloist close up. And you're there's not, not going to be a GoPro in the wave pool. Exactly. <laughs> like you're just not going to get it. You're not going to get this. You're going to get this view as if you were sitting in a balcony. This is what you would see, you know, yeah. right? I think like, we found our show title, GoPro in the wave pool. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 218 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brew pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. On today's episode, the Reverends Ogan Holder, Shannon Weston, and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, as usual, will address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand. As always, that good brew might be served in one of these beautiful pump theology pump pub whoa pub theology i can speak uh live pint glasses if you are watching our live stream or a video recording you can you can see uh, what i'm talking about here you can get you one of these plus some additional uh, video content of pre and post show conversations that we have and support us and the work that we do by becoming a patron so head over to patreon.com slash pt live uh, sign up for some more goodness and one of these pint glasses and as always thank you to our current patrons we love you and we appreciate your support we do indeed. This week we'll be talking about life online, robo-clergy, and virtual worship. And we're going to do a live check-in with Shannon, who's somewhere stranded in traffic. <laughs> She's stuck in the car on a ramp somewhere. How you, how you doing there, Shannon? I'm all right. I'm half mile from my house, and I'm <laughs> going to get there. She's seriously Very contemplating and abandoning the car and walking at this point. I'm like, I'll just come back for it. You know, <laughs> it's fine. There you go. And then I already have my drink ready to go. Like, I'm ready. I am ready. Do you want to give us a, a preview of the beverage? Do you want to drink while yes. you're there waiting? I mean, you're technically <laughs> I not do driving. Want to drink. Oh, <laughs> I'm not driving, technically. I actually, like, I went out to run an errand and get prescriptions and um, I grabbed some lemonade, so I am having vodka and lemonade when I get home. So oh, there you go. I was going to make something like even more special, but I was like, nope, just going straight for it at this point. So that's yeah. where I am. I might, I was going to blend it up into a frozen drink, so I didn't drink it too fast. But at this point, if I get home, I'm okay if I drink it too fast. I'm just saying. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But don't go testing those Maryland open container laws. Well, if I could move the other direction, another half mile that way is the good Mexican restaurant that has open containers, but I'm not there. <laughs> nice. Okay, what go. do you got today? Um, I have, ooh, let me get out of my beer cozy here. This is uh, the Brookville Beer Farm called First Frost Dunkel, um, commemor commemorating the uh, little snow sprinkle we got over the weekend. Can I just say, can I just say, 
I felt very vindicated in my life choices to relocate when I looked out my of my window and just saw light dusting on my car, where as where I used to live in Massachusetts, two feet of snow. Buried. And I was like, I am so glad <laughs> I don't have to go shovel snow. And to make it worse, I used to live in this loft uh area, this this loft building, and the and because of their limited parking, they used to say to us. Um, after it snows, if we have to plow the parking area, you have to go park your car somewhere else so we can plow the parking area. Where do you go park your car after you've had two feet of snow that doesn't have snow? Yeah. For them right. to plow. And that was always such a headache. So, so glad, so mm -hmm. glad I don't have to deal with that. This is a uh, Brookville, Maryland, Brookville Bruin. So, yeah, it's a logger. Y'all hear that beautiful sound? That is the sound of me moving. Woohoo! Hey. Uh, so I'll drink to that. What are you, what are you so, drinking, Brian? Open up those cans. There we go. So, what do you uh, got? I, the last couple of years, I've done a dry January. I did not do that Ugh. this year. So, I'm going to bump it a month and do a dry February. I am drinking uh, grapefruit bubbly. We had no warning in this. You did not give us warning. Did you need to be one? I, I decided. I to mean, learn. I feel a little bit like, yeah, that what, we should be listen, prepared for Listen, that. what is the point? It is, I think it is one of these pointless performative things that folk do. Dry January. Why? Well, I will say this. You went, you went from a month that has 31 days to the month that has 28 days. So that I support. Oh, <laughs> I see what you did there. See? That's actually kind of smart. Listen, it's not performative. I, if, if if it weren't for this podcast, I probably wouldn't tell anyone. It just is a life choice that I think uh, will be good. And but no, no, it's even performative for you. Why? What is what is taking a month off versus stop drinking altogether? What does it do for you? Talk, talk, convince me why I should join you in this. <laughs> well, maybe that's a post-show interview. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like Lenten practices, right? It's like a discipline. If if it's something that I regularly enjoy, it's sort of a, um, you know, a chance to do otherwise, make other decisions and try to, you know. Find but the fact ways. that you're only doing it for a month, right? You're not transforming anything. You're just taking, you're just like going... Hey, I'm gonna stop this for a little while. Like, where's the where's yeah, where's it's the like long a diet. term? It's like a it's like a 30 day diet. It's like a yeah, cleanse. I don't believe in those either. <laughs> it's like a cleanse. It's like I you know I, I regularly enjoy a glass of wine or a beer mm -hmm. or two, and just gonna go four weeks in a row without, and it'll be good. I don't okay. think Brian does it for this reason, but the one like the one or two times that I've done, I mean, it hasn't been like dry January or whatever, but the one or two times that I've done it have been times where I'm like, I have become reliant on alcohol in ways that I need to find new ways to become reliant on, on other, like I need to have healthier practices and like, you know, okay. like today I'm going to be frustrated when I get home and I'm going to pour myself a drink rather than like take a walk around the block and get out some of that frustration, you know? So the question then becomes, and this lasting I'll ask, yeah. the question then becomes when the month is over, do you go, do you resume the normal level of drinking you did before or, or have you now gained some new habits that you're going to implement? What's we'll happened see. in the past? Stay tuned. <laughs> I make no predictions. <laughs>
He has a re he he has a new relationship with alcohol until um, twelve months later, and then he's got his old relationship back. <laughs> oh my goodness! Fair enough. Fair enough. Yes. Yeah, so we'll we'll see how it goes. Stay stay tuned. You know, I'll I'll try to not have the same Lacroix or bubbly every week. So, well, there you go. That's a start. That's a start. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go crazy and, and have some V eight yeah. uh, next week. Or oh, oh God. At least make yourself a smoothie or something. Oh, V8s are the best. So much sodium, oh. dude. That, have you Jesus. read the sodium content in that thing? You get the sodium light version. <laughs> anyway, All I think right. Brian needs a juicer. But other than that, let's... There, yeah, that's probably true. On to today's topics. All right, so... <laughs> Last week we talked Wordle. This week, are there any interesting things that your name spells if you rearranged the letters? No. <laughs> also, no. I got four letters in my name. O G U N. I don't well, got both a- of our names spell no, Ogan. That's the point. <laughs> wow. there's, there's tr- that is true. We can so get a no out of there. We can get a no. We get a solid no. What about Holder? Surely, surely Holder could spell something fun. I don't know. Which, Brian, you're asking this question on the day that, like, I, on my Wordle today, had all the right letters in all the wrong order before uh, I got all the right order. Like, I was uh, like, that has never happened. <laughs> it happens. It, it can happen. Anyway. You're also asking this question on the day I'm drinking alcohol, which will require me to focus. And those two things sort of don't really go hand in hand. Ogan's name spells Gunno. And <laughs> Gunno. And you gone. Brian could become <laughs> Brian could become Barney. Don't don't not not a lot of options. Could it? <laughs> That's all I could come up with. I mean, I have three ends in my name. Like yeah. what do you do with screwed. all those ends? <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> like nah, nah, nah. Na, 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 na. Right. <laughs> nano, Can we nano. Swap some like, Scrabble letters, please. I got three ends. That yeah. right, exactly. Exactly. Just mm. not much there. All right, we don't have much there. We'll we'll move along. Sorry, our names are just not that interesting. By the way, by the way, still Wordle free. <laughs> have not jumped on the world bandwagon. Okay. Yet. You don't need to. It's fine. There you go. There you go. There you go. All right, so per uh, semi-recent statistics, there are 300 million and growing internet users. I have questions for those who aren't internet users. Um, in the United States. Are they States, in, I was gonna say, in parts of the world that don't have internet maybe, but other oh, than that. 300 million internet users in the United States who are online an average of eight and a half hours per day, a third of their daily life. And if you consider waking hours, it's like half. A third of Americans say they are online almost constantly. Um, And then I have a couple of quotes about sort of online life. One is from Ibu Patel, uh, founder and president of Interfaith Youth Corps. He said, online and offline are false distinctions. Digital spaces are just as much a part of our everyday lives as streets and sidewalks. The internet is where we work, play, and pray. And Pope Francis said the internet offers immense possibilities for encounter and solidarity, and it's a gift from God. So the question, I guess, is how much time do either of you spend online? And do you see uh, statistics like this, the amount of time people spend online as a problem or just how life is today? So so 
you you said there were 300 million you were wondering about the rest in the u.s the u.s population is currently almost at like 330 million so there are only 30 million who are quote-unquote not internet users i'm gonna bet the vast majority of them live in extreme like rural areas um where connection is not steady or some who are just like off the grid or or just age the smartest of us all who are just not super duper duper old yeah (laughs) or super it's it's old folks who who are like ogan is toward wordle they're like internet i'm just not gonna do that yeah bah bah humbug or anyone (laughs) under three basically probably although that's questionable (laughs) uh you know and and eight and a half hours a day so basically sleep work and internet (laughs) when you think think about it right the average the average person right Right. so there's there's that which is a little scary um i would say um but also i'm wondering are we factoring in the pandemic right because in the last two years a lot of people have have had to have been stuck at home so i can understand that um i remember wasn't there wasn't there like a couple of weeks like after like the fir- the first you know was that like march 20 was it 2020 when the first big shutdown happened and like pages and live streams all over the place were like stuttering because the poor internet was under this yeah. strain of usage right. sort of deal um so so there's that i don't agree that they're false distinctions um online and offline yes you do work play and pray online and you do do it offline and i think they're uh, both experiences that feed and support you but but they're different and different isn't bad i'm not saying one's bad and one's good but um no i don't think it's a false distinction there are days i intentionally don't go on social media or days i don't go online i sit with a book or you know i'm watching tv or if it's warm i'm, out, I'm outdoors and playing tennis and i'm doing things that arguably one can say sure i could we, we can talk about a metaverse leader head on head head into the metaverse and play tennis with somebody but it's not the same thing first of all if i was playing tennis in the metaverse i probably could make it through the entire match without keeling over in pain right. uh and and my legs failing me so there's that but at the same point in time it's it's not it's it, it, there is a clear distinction between the two. Yeah. But I do agree that, yes, very much part of our everyday lives um, as, as well, except the days that we intentionally don't do it. Like the days I intentionally don't. He said streets and sidewalks, which is great because there are some days I intentionally don't leave the house. I don't, I don't experience a street or a sidewalk. Right. I keep my ass inside for a whole host of different reasons. Um, same same thing with 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 internet and yeah. and part of it also is the the question of how much reality are we experiencing both online and offline right so so in our in our everyday lives you know we we sort of present unless we are with our most closest intimate friends and family members we, we present certain versions of ourselves depending on the setting it's even worse online because yeah. online we're most of us are presenting the best better versions of ourselves in some cases uh the fabricated version of ourselves true when i show up in person it's always the worst version of myself i was ditto <laughs> ditto <laughs> 
it's back to one of those reasons I intentionally don't leave the house. I'm like, uh, you don't want to deal with me today. <laughs> Today's we, not a good day for you. Are we going to get actual sure. Ogan or best version of Ogan? <laughs> well, welcome, Shannon. We can see you now. You're not driving. You're not driving. Not driving anymore. Sorry, I had to transition there. Um, not driving, just drinking. I, not driving, and I have my lovely drink, um, which has a little too much vodka, and I'm okay with it. Um, you earned it. Could say, can there be too much vodka? Because I didn't, I didn't measure. Well, the ratio is off a little. Um, but I, 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 okay, I agree physically with, um, that that obviously that the internet and the, um, real world, quote unquote, right? Like physically, yes. Emotionally, I think that's what Ibu is getting at and i've met him so i can call him by his first name Ooh. um like <laughs> name dropper over here <laughs> excuse me no literally like hey how you doing just like, like you and pope you know, fran um exactly <laughs> francis you know yeah well but she knows him Wait, so what well. was his name before anyway i was gonna make a joke about whatever his name before was but i can't remember it anyway um <laughs> No, but I think that's what he's getting at. Like really for us and younger is that emotionally and relationship wise, I don't know that there's a difference between, like I look at my kids and the way they never talk on the phone, but they use FaceTime or video chat constantly. And I think that that's because in their reality, being on the screen, and being in person is so similar. Now they, even they wouldn't say it's exactly the same um, because like virtual school, they very much wanted to go back. It wasn't the same as being in person, right? But, but I think relationship wise, they understand that you can build a relationship on social media and whatever else, just as much as you can in person. Yeah. And that, yeah, sometimes you're actually able to be more authentically yourself um, in person like on online, if you, you know, sure. whatever, yeah. however you're using that um, versus in person. Yeah. Um, I think about people with like crippling social anxiety yeah. that when you meet, you would think that they aren't interesting at all or, you know, extreme introverts and things like that who online can be very sociable and right. want connection and are seeking that in that way, but just don't have the social skills. And then you get someone like me who, you know, I'm much better in person than online because online I'm like, I don't, I don't care. I don't have time for you. <laughs> and then move on. Nice. And actually, the longer this pandemic goes, the long the more in person you're that's what you're getting from me too. So you there, know. there you go. There you go. So do you ever feel like I'm like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> do you ever feel like um you're worried about how much time you spend online or you hit a you hit a limit and you're like, I need a break kind of thing? I need, I certainly need a break from certain things facebook for instance yeah i need lots of breaks like from facebook um yes. facebook has its like each platform has its own rhythm and its own personality in itself its own energy or vibe kind of thank you yes exactly it's like it's like going to different parties right or or to different people's houses mm -hmm. and facebook for me very much drains my energy. Whereas Instagram for me just 
fills me up and that's just part and, personality and well i agree with you which is which is why I, I i think i spend four to five times more time on instagram that i do on facebook in fact the majority of my facebook time happens when i'm cross posting and i'll post something to instagram i'm mm-hmm. like oh wait did it show up on my facebook page and then i might get some clips and notifications and that's it but very rarely am i intentionally going to facebook in and of itself one right um and and i'm finding myself um in 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 spurts now so there'll be like certain times of the day so like in the morning my my the is gonna be overshare the uh the the majority of time i spend on social media now is is in the morning taking my morning constitution like sitting sitting on the bowl i'm scrolling and I'll devote a big chunk of time to it then. And then for the rest of the day, like the rest of the day could go by. And some days I don't get back to social media or it's a sporadic check-in of things. I'm being trying to be very mindful about um, taking a full day a week, sometimes two, especially over the weekend to not get online at, at all. And on so some mornings you're like, oh shoot, did I just Instagram this? there there's there's some mornings i'm like let's make make sure my finger is and nowhere close to the camera button um and if there's anything i'm more worried about is is and this is the thing always is the amount of tv that i watch not the amount of time i spend online by the way does that count as online time if you're watching the via a streaming service or do you think of those things as different I think no, that's things. online time. I, I, well, I think of them as different because for me, there's, it's not a social thing. It's a me consuming. Whereas with like Facebook and Instagram, there's opportunity for interaction. I can like, I can comment. Um, I'm seeing what my, you know, friends and are doing and I'm, I'm sharing content. Yeah, so for me, that's yeah. right. That's a more interactive thing, more participatory whereas tv is i'm just sitting there it's like you know iv drip of you know versus let me go to to the cafeteria and pick out what i want to eat i know i had to go speaking of getting our fix i had to go to shannon for the hard stuff last night i'm like i need me some hbo yeah by the way righteous gemstone season two is up Okay, so apparently we didn't know that it was like current. So we've been we were binging it, and then all of a sudden we were like, "What? That's not. Why is there not another episode?" There you <laughs> we were like, "Damn it!" Yep. <laughs> we don't have to wait. So, Want to have to wait? Come on. So we caught up. Now we're like, "Oh, what are we gonna do now?" Damn. Now, luckily, it was like it was like ten thirty, so it was right on mm-hmm. the cusp of like, "Do you watch another? Do you not?" And so we were yeah. like, "Well, we might as well go to bed." But anyway, nice. I I see that. So for me, wait, wait, the do you, difference. Do you, do you like the show? Do you like Righteous Gemstone? It is very um, so. Okay, so here's what we very quickly. Um, side note: We have found that I it is not my kind of comedy, mm-hmm. and I like it if I think of it as a drama that's occasionally funny. Gotcha. Like then I can watch I can it a little that. bit. Um, and it's really the the first season specifically was like really triggery for Derek. I could imagine. Now I grew up evangelical, but I didn't grow up in a stadium. Right. Even, like mega I didn't like mine was like a, a yeah, mine wasn't a mega church. His more was much more like that. Mm-hmm. So like the laser light show and stuff. He's like, oh, I can't like, 
Um, but I totally learned. Can I spill on my husband? Can I spill? Like, sure. I didn't know this, but he was baptized in a wave pool, like no! in a big pool like <laughs> wow. that. I had no idea. Whoa. I had Holy no God. idea. So like that, so there's this, it's the very first scene of the whole show. Yeah. So it's not going to be spoiler or anything, but they're baptizing people and somebody accidentally turns on the waves of the, <laughs> the wave, wave pool. pool. <laughs> and he was like, that could have happened to me. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, yeah. And I, I was like, I never knew that. <laughs> That's awesome. Because we had this like big baptismal, I mean, it was a Baptist evangelical church. So it was different. But anyway, we were in Barbados. Anyway. We had the ocean. And and the funny thing about this is when you in Barbados, you are instilled from the time you are a tiny child to fear the ocean. Right. It's 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 the most beautiful natural resource we have. But we're told you're going to drown and die in the ocean. Ne Jesus. Never go further than you can stand. Like if the water starts getting the chest height, start start heading back to shore. So we have this like embedded fear of the ocean. And then what happens? We go get baptized in the ocean. Somebody's holding us underwater. Seriously, I still it's still traumatic to remember it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I. I don't know. I mean, and I again, like I grew up with a very um ecumenical background so i was baptized as an infant you know one time only yes yeah, so, so, um, never so. never actually made that decision because i thought honestly i always thought that the evangelical church was i i never liked it so never joined it in that way but I, but yeah i was told in evangelical circles oh you were baptized as an infant you need to get baptized again and i said no i'm mm -hmm. gonna spend some time online instead <laughs> and the reason why so, so here's the difference that i have well no where you where ogan you were saying like i don't include tv in my you know kind of online time because social media stuff is interactive like that's why i include it is because it's not it's not face-to-face -face time right it's not okay um like so one of the things that i've done when we talk about like limiting um, I've actually had to ask myself, so I get up slowly in the morning and drink my coffee and in bed and things like that. And one of the things that I, um, have been asking myself, um, lately is who do I want to invite into this bed with me in the morning? Hello. <laughs> because like, if I open social media in that place, like, I'm inviting all those thoughts and all those people sure. into this space with me as well. Right. And I need to be conscious about which, okay, let's be honest. Sometimes social media is great, but oftentimes it's mind numbing or it raises my anxiety. Yes. And is, is, is that a memory, an emotional memory, a physical, like, do I want my body to remember when I get in bed, you know, this, emotional anxiety and so i'm trying to ask myself these questions I, I have no judgment about who you invite into that space as long as there's consent <laughs> well that's the problem i'm not consenting to letting all those facebook people oh, and i, I really <laughs> i appreciate that way of thinking about it shannon and i think that you know we could have a whole other conversation about you know healthy social media practices and i think that's a good one right to be mindful of what what does this do for me? What am I going here for? It can be so easy to just get lost. Like you go, like, you know, 
for all of our professional life lives, we need to post content to social media. And sometimes you intend to do something for work. And then all of a sudden, you know, 35 minutes later, you're like, oh crap, what was I here for? And you just, right. what was he even doing? Yeah. yeah. What was I even <laughs> exactly. doing? And so that, that definitely is one of, one of the dangers. So I'm going to keep us moving here. There's a student, yeah. a student at Cornell who helped create a robo rabbi an app that uses artificial intelligence to generate actionable goals derived from the weekly Torah portion read on Saturdays in synagogues around the world. And so the question is, how do you feel about AI offering people a set of personalized recommendations for spiritual and moral growth? And would you see yourself taking advantage of consulting a robo clergy? Well, the thing with AI we have to remember um, is that it's only as good as the people who put in the information and program it, right? So AI is inherently filled with the same um, biases, prejudices, blind spots as the people who program it. So, so we, we, it's being sort of billed as this 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 system that that takes us away from that mm-hmm. um and and in the in the in the tech sphere you know google came under fire for this when one of their ai uh programmers her name is timnit uh gabru or jibru i don't know how to pronounce her last name so i apologize for for not pronouncing it correctly she talked about the inherent racial biases in ai because it's being programmed by vastly majority white programmers. So their their unconscious biases and racial discriminations, because we live in this, you know, white supremacy culture society is being programmed into the AI. Mm. And Google, you know, there's a whole thing about it. She was fired from Google. And of course wow. they said we didn't, that's not why we fired her, but of course that's why they fired her. <laughs> Um, you know, nobody, nobody, nobody thinks that's not why they're fired. This is unrelated. Sure enough. Yeah. And sure enough, after some time, they begin to realize, well, holy crap, she was kind of right about this. Right. So, so, so there's this inherent AI is still really in its infancy. So I'm not that in as enthusiastic about like throwing all my eggs into that, that basket. Um, and and at the same time, I've been I've had experiences with AI, like I'm sure we all have online, that have been pretty like, wow, this could be another human being I'm talking to, but I still rather talk to a human being. And to the point about Shannon was making about her kids and and FaceTime and like this is this is their norm. My part of my I'm realizing might be the get off the get off my lawn old man grumpyism is that you know, younger and younger generations, this is their default. Their default is becoming less and less pure human interaction mm-hmm. without without them knowing it. And and that's concerning mm. because because we haven't we haven't perfected or really got to the point where AI should be left unattended. AI itself is still a child. <laughs> also concerning because the robots are coming for our jobs. You know, coming, they already are taking most of them. I don't know. They're so, here, dude. If you think they're still coming, you've missed the boat. They're here. 
So I was uh, like, my initial reaction to this was like, of course I'm not for this, blah, 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 blah. And, and I agree with Ogan, the particular point of this is that it's not complete artificial intelligence, right? It is people doing a program yeah. that is putting out, right? Yeah. So yes, you have to go back to who are those people and what are they putting out? Um, but the other side of this is I thought, you know, you know where this would be helpful is the guy at the end of the line who just wants to argue about some obscure Bible fact nice. that he wants to argue with yes. and whatever. And I'm like, I would love to send him to this app to be like, ask all your questions. Yeah. And this vast land of research will say, but this scripture yes. verse is where that comes from. Then this scripture verse, so that I don't have to spend all my energy on you, dude. Ain't nobody got like, time for that. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I would be like, you want to ask these questions? Great. Here's an app for you. Here's our, here's like, my associate pastor, uh, you know, robo so-and-so. Robo, robo pastor. Like I, that's where I really, um, I don't know. That's where I kind of came down to of like, if there was something that was able to preempt that energy sucking, you know, like interaction that'd be great so are there some human services uh, but something tells me this really isn't going to lead to that sorry i think we had a little delay there i might be on delay yeah um so it was decades ago when we had the robocop uh you know movie idea uh thankfully that hasn't uh, come to too much fruition but are there some sort of human services type professions that lend themselves better to being sort of automated or artificial intelligence than others? I think we've shown that like um, car manufacturing and things like that, like we still need people, but that, that the machinery and there's a way, you know, that repetitious um, yeah. one note kind of stuff that actually is sometimes really harmful to human bodies, right? Yeah. Um, not the more nuanced stuff, but I think we've found that that, that has actually been helpful. Yeah. Right. Um, you tried it with customer service and I am just ready to shoot the phone. Nine no, I'd much rather I, talk to a person when I'm realizing I'm, I'm caught in a, in an AI loop. Oh, like I have never, nuance. I have to say this. <laughs> I have never done one of those chat things where I didn't get like, I've never had my question answered. Like, <laughs> no, no. You may find this page helpful. You may no. find, yeah, I can Google. Thank yeah, you. I may. Like, take, right. Take me to a person. And then the person walks me through that stuff again because they have to. Right. But I'm like, I did all of that. And they're like, I, Apple, Apple is actually, Apple is the best at this. When you have a problem with Apple, they like, you go through the chat and you do all this. And then you get to a person and I'm like, you just took me all this. And they kind of basically say, I know, but just stick with me because I have to check these boxes. Right. And I'm like, so he literally is like, try this. And it's like, yep, done. Didn't work. Like, and we just like flip through them all. But anyway, that's, those are the best customers, but I have never gone like, please tell me I need to blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, here's this webpage. That'll be helpful. And I've been like, oh, great. That answers all my questions. Thank you. Being done. I actually never, did never have one of much. those interactions recently. And you they did. gave me the exact solution I needed. And I hadn't found it myself. But that's rare. Uh, and Golden I was going to say, how many times out of all the times you've done it? Has that yeah, I mean, that, that, was, that was like the only time. 
And listen, again, that's exactly what I just said. I wish this app would do, right? Like (laughs) they're doing like, please don't call me and ask me how to pay your bill. Like I'll send you the link you need to pay your bill or whatever. Are there times how to find your account number? Are there times when you're dealing with a human and you wish it was a robot instead? When I'm in a bad mood and I know I'm going to be rude to them. (laughs) I was, I was going to say, paradoxically customer service (laughs) you know it probably not going to be as helpful but when i know i'm just in a bad mood Mm. and it's not the person's fault and i'm yelling at them on the phone going i know this isn't your fault but i'm really pissed off about this that's when i wish i was dealing with a robot Uh, no no there's there's never a time i wish it wasn't a human being in fact like the majority of times now like if i go to the if i go to the grocery store unless the line is super long i'm going to a human cashier yeah. as opposed mm-hmm. to uh, the, well the, the self the self checkout um that's yeah. a labor issue as well there's there's, um, there's 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 that too but but if i run into problems i still gotta wait for human to show up anyways Right in the, oh, in yeah. the self That's in the right. self checkout is a whole thing. Uh, uh, listener Quincy um, weighs in on Facebook. Uh, RoboCop, no, but Robo Dogs, yes. And that's not actually cool too. Ooh. Agreed. Those yeah. new. Have you seen Black Mirror? <laughs> those those police robot dogs, right? That that they have now. I'm just like oh, that. This is not going to end well. <laughs> didn't Iron Man take care of that whole RoboCop thing for us? Like, didn't oh, like oh like they did RoboCop, and then Iron Man came out, and it was like, oh, that's why this is a bad idea. Yeah, for sure. And, and like that was the end of that. You know, yeah. if yeah. you haven't seen the Black Mirror episode, it might just be called Dog, about this automated, mechanized killer dog. It is mm-hmm. thrilling, scary, so- and yikes. Again, at the end of the day, maybe it's not even about the programmer. How many people have programmed something or discovered something? Let's go way back, right? That has then been used to harm. Right. Oh, sure. Right. So it isn't so much about the inventor or the people that program this robo dog. It's the idea, like, look at the election cycle and the hacking that was done during that. Like, I am actually not a big conspiracy theorist, but like, you could hack into that and somehow all these dogs are turning on certain people and whatever else. And I'm sorry, I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah, I'm I mean, then not. we'd have to ask who let the dogs out. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I almost couldn't finish it. No, <laughs> no. I'm going to need just, another drink. If just gonna go just there. no. <sighs> Nip that in the button. Oh. That's, that's all right. All right. I almost brought up the vodka and the lemonade. <laughs> I'm going to keep it. But but and and counterpoint, you know, this this is always this is always the risk we run with technological advancements, right? Any tool can be used for good or it can be used for evil. So so to to you back to the to the question of the AI and our spiritual and moral development, the issue then becomes um, are humans getting any better? Are we getting any better? Right. And if you have a question to that, go to last week's episode and our answer is no. <laughs> and that's the end of that. We are, but not fast enough. <laughs> I mean, it's you could talk about this in driving cars. You could talk about this in right. like the question for me is, are we willing to outsource our spirituality? And my answer to that is no, I'm not willing to outsource it. Yeah, that's I'm not going to well. Yeah. There you go. Don't outsource the right thing. Don't outsource the thing that might be our only our only hope. <laughs> 
Well, right along these lines with how much time uh, are we spending online and robo-clergy, there was a New York Times piece, I think on Sunday, where uh, Tish Warren wrote that churches should stop offering online services because, quote, embodied is better. What is your reaction to this? So months ago, I saw an earlier version of this, right, which is a pat was it was just a blog post, I think, that made around my feed asking this question of. I know that online has been vital for us this past year, and I also know that it is really important but the question has to be asked, is it also a crutch? Um, and so I don't think the answer is this simple. Um, I think it's a very privileged thing to say, just stop offering online and come back to worship. Like there are people in which we are now reaching that we're missing like homebound people that we just lost at a certain age, right? Like if you couldn't come to church anymore, you were just gone. I mean, maybe we, we still not, maybe like our church, certainly we, you were still part of the loop. You still got the newsletter. You, if you did email, you got the weekly, but you weren't getting Sunday service. However, there's no question that it is used as a crutch because let's be honest, it's a lot easier to stay home in my pajamas and then that becomes, and it's a lot easier to just not watch. And my question to that is not actually, it's not the technology. It's to me that it points very obvious to then church just was an important part of your life. And therefore we need to ask questions about that. We should not blame the technology for that. Yeah. So Do I believe that embodies, I mean, personally, yes, embody is better better but that could also mean interacting online um reaching people where they are etc cetera, etc cetera. i don't think it's this simple i really don't no, it's not it's not the medium it's the people and i think that sentence can be fixed by simply saying embodied is better for some for some people need that um i, I got an article up and she says um the cost of being apart from one another is steep people need physical touch and interaction we need to connect with other human beings through our bodies, through the ordinary vulnerability of looking into their eyes, hearing their voice, sharing their space, their smiles, their presence. Um, whether or not one attends religious services, people need embodied community. And she says embodiment is particularly important part of Christian spirituality and theology. We believe God became flesh, lived human body, remains mysteriously in a human body. Our worship is centered not on simply thinking about ideas, but eating and drinking bread and wine during communion. And I want to say all that's true. And yeah, and it's not the full story of what the church experience is. Right. Um, sure. I just read an article um, on religion news service about um, churches in the metaverse. Right. Yeah, it's not so right. Bad. And 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 people people uh, who not been able to physically walk into a church building, and this is even before the pandemic, right? 
you know, attending these virtual uh, services. And this goes all the way back to Second Life. We, we, yep. we making this big fuss about the metaverse now. Metaverse has been around for like decades. I mean, you know, Second Life way back when. Yep. But people are experiencing this. And, and one, Karangan talks about how she was weeping and got baptized. And she was able to participate in spiritual community because she was physically enabled to attend. And Shannon was saying, so, so, so I think that uh, for some people, the, the, the power, the power of church is being in the same space with others, that physical community. For some people, the power of church is access to it, however you can get access to it. First, and 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 if there is that experience of interacting with others um, in a non-physical um, way as well, for some people that's that's gold. And 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 no, we shouldn't take it away. It's not an either or. It's a both and. Yeah, I don't understand why the like. I can understand saying, yeah, one is better or preferable, but to say churches should stop doing online services to me seems uh, negligent. I mean, you know, my community just decided this past week to, to continue through February um, online only because our local county numbers are the highest they've been throughout this entire pandemic. And right. so, you know, you have to look at the motivation. Uh, obviously, ideally, we'd all rather be in person, um, but we're doing this out of caution care for our community let me, and some of the benefits let me, let me i was gonna say let me push back there we would not all rather be in person <laughs> and well, that's the thing we have to yeah. realize there are some people for whom the physical they want that they want that spiritual nourishment but the experience of showing up it physically is is it's triggering for a whole lot of reasons i cringe at the at the new people when i was in church and the new people who showed up and you know they're not huggers but everybody is swamping them and i'm like yeah. we not we not gonna see that person again yeah no that that's a fair point ogan well i, I shouldn't have said we all prefer we're in person um because no. some of the advantages as shannon noted we have people joining us from non-local we have people who physically are unable to attend church in person who are local but can now join us as fully as others because of the online services the online coffee hour etc i mean quite honestly our numbers went up online right mm -hmm. like we were just counting people in the room when you go online our numbers are way up yep. and that is because people can watch when it's at their, I mean, we do live, but then the video is there. Yep. People watch at their convenience. People watch from far away who are connected with us for various people who go to other churches who are active in their other churches, but have links back to us or links back to me, even yep. watch our online service. And, and none of that is bad. I, I think where I struggle is so as a pastor, if I have to be there on Sunday morning, if you will, right? Like, and we're live streaming this, I would much rather us be together. I think like when you said that, Brian, I'm like, as a, as a leader, yes. Like I want to be able to see everybody, to talk to everybody, to be able to, like, even right now, like I know more when you show up, right. like we just don't know as much when you're online yeah. about what's going on in your life and whatever else. 
But the other side of that, I do think, and we've talked about this before, I do think there's something special that happens in a room. Um, I, I also think you can feel when that something special happens Agreed. through the camera, but that something special, there has to be somebody in the room, right? Like there have been moments where I have preached to an empty room and people have said, oh, that was beautiful. But I'm like, I didn't feel that energy from you of what you were feeling in that moment. Yeah. So all my sermons felt flat to me. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, like, it's not, it's not the same. And, and there is, there is some, there, there is a tan, there's a tangible difference when we're physically gathered in the room to, together. And, and you hear this, you hear, you heard this a lot in the pandemic from uh, musicians as well and, mm -hmm. and stand-up comedians. It's, you, you need, you need that live audience you need that interaction so i'm not i'm not arguing against uh, her 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 quote around in the embodiment is I, I would say i don't even want to say more fulfilling but but i think i think the embodiment experience is i would harry would say i would say it is better from that perspective in terms of the energetic cohesion that we feel being in the same room together that's really hard if not impossible to replicate online so i'd agree yeah. at that point but i don't agree that that means we eliminate right. the online option <laughs> yeah that just feels like a nonsensical conclusion to draw i also feel like it's just clickbait right yes like i really i feel like that that part of it is absolute clickbait and a way to get a conversation started which obviously it has yeah. and and i do think that we should think purposefully about what we put out content on we're so for our church for instance it's a listen we're and i don't mind using this word i don't think there's anything against it we're a small congregation in a very old building and we have been struggling to get our sound right in our music for online for our online platform hmm. like we're still struggling and it's been six months since we've been only you know, when we've been in person, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, and we still like, can't quite get it all. Can't quite get it all right. And we've, I mean, we've had sound engineers come in and everything else. So we cannot right now provide a better worship service online. And we haven't gone exclusively online because um, we are back to encouraging people to stay at home. But one of the reasons um, there are people in our congregation that are only going to get church if they show up. And so we didn't close our doors because for those five people, we wanted to remain open, right? Because this is the only way it's the opposite of what this is saying, right? Like in sense of like, it's, it's the only way they're going to get church. So they're going to come in. And they're part, they're part of the 30 million that are not on that the are internet. Not on, I mean, <laughs> they check email occasionally, maybe, but don't send them anything because they won't see it, you know, like right. that kind of deal. And, and I'm like, great, then, you know what, for those five people, we can definitely social distance and it'll be okay. You know, yeah. um, cause I did say when we came back to the sanctuary, which we only did in September, um, I was like, I'm not going to shut down where it's me and the organist. That's it. Like, and the guy that runs the tech in the back, right? Like, and so if three other people show up, we certainly have a lot of distance between us, yeah. but that's, we're down to bare bones, skeleton crew, you know, that whole thing. 
um, because that's what we need to do right now to keep everybody safe. And we only, we just extended that two more weeks. We didn't, we're just taking it two weeks at a time. I think, I think part of the, part of what this addresses also is, is what we've come to realize is that we just, we, we just can't put a camera in front of the live experience and have it feel the same way for the folks sitting at home. Like, like if you're doing online, if you truly committed to online church, it's, it's a whole different animal in terms of how do you interact with the people online watching you? What do you provide for them that's different from the in-person on the, on the in experience? And that's where the struggle is because there's not enough of us as the minister, enough people in, in many of our communities to manage two wholly different experiences. Mm -hmm. Simultaneously. <laughs> exactly, simultaneously. Yeah. And, and to make both experiences really fulfilling, you need two different experiences right. going on simultaneously. Just can't stick a camera in front of what's happening uh, uh, Which, because, because most churches uh, create it for the people sitting in front of them or right. they're creating it for the people online and those two things aren't the same. Right. Well, and we honestly have, like, right, like we have a camera that shows the chancel and then we we do a picture and picture of the powerpoint right and i mean i'm sorry but that's what you're going to get we're mm -hmm. not a big evangelical church with five thousand cameras where you're going to get a fade in and out and you're not going to exactly. see the soloist close up and you're there's not, not going to be a gopro in the wave pool exactly <laughs> like you're just not going to get it you're not going to get this you're going to get this view as if you were sitting in a balcony we don't have one, but if you, if we did, this is what you would see, you know, yeah. right? I like, think we found know, our show title, GoPro in the Wave Pool. GoPro <laughs> in the Wave Pool. Oh my God. Yeah. But I like, mean, and ours is, is basically a, a cell phone on a tripod. I right. mean, it's as, exactly. as fancy as it gets. Actually, our sound was better when it was a cell phone on a tripod. Was it? Oh. it was, it was. And that's the hard part. Like my, my voice is clear as day because everything is turned off but my one mic right but like oh anyway God. the the yeah, music's yeah, yeah. just too loud and it's, it's overwhelming the microphones and it's yep. so tricky and like uh, i needed like years ago i would have said i used to joke that i needed a cpa to be a pastor and now i need to be a sound technician as well oh, listen uh i you know uh as much as i agree with what she says here after i read that article around about church in the metaverse uh on 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 religion you service i'm like you know what i'm ready to go there yeah i'm you ready <laughs> i am ready to just put on the vr headset create an avatar and just be the just like that's it right um of course it's not the same experience but i'm just just simply from the ease of use right because putting on church is hard as it is and then to try and have to create something that that caters to both the physical present and and the online so would i be here's the question would we be ai pastors Ooh. where there's a program already done and then we just say here's my liturgy and my hymns here's my sermon text and they've got me all done and they just kind of do it for me yeah, you just you just input the code and it outputs. I input all like I just upload all the that is words a genius idea. <laughs> and the program does it all for me. It's got my movements, my likeness, my whatever, and then go. Ogan's like, sign me up. I'll see you later. Yesterday. I got a few things to figure out. 
I feel, I feel like, I mean, at this point I'm like, I feel like that's almost what I was doing in, mm-hmm. um, during the beginning part of the pandemic, when we sure. were doing a produced video, right. I almost feel like that's what I was doing. It wasn't quite that simple, but, but in a like, way though, because you're at home and then you can watch yourself and it's all happening and you're not doing it like I'm in not, the moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we, weird... we never admittedly, like we never did an interactive worship. Like we never did zoom worship or things like that because right. we, right. um, honestly, I, because I, it, again, because we're a small church, like everything fell to me, like Brian, everything fell to yeah, me, yeah, yeah. right? Like it just did. Yep. And, um, and part of that was like, I kept asking these questions of like, what if I didn't have these skills? Like, what if I oh wasn't gosh. able, because sure. we were, I mean, immediately we were online, like immediate, yeah. I mean, we were already streaming, yeah. but again, just on a cell phone, on a tripod, because we were like, it's better than nothing. You if know. you didn't have those skills, you would have gone dark for about four or five weeks, like a lot of other churches. There were some churches, it, they took, did. Them, it took them six to eight weeks to get there because nobody, including the minister well, in the church, had those skills. And yeah. in our area, people were like, oh my God, how are you doing this? How are you, whatever? And I was like, we just stuck a phone on a tripod and blah, blah, blah. And they yeah. were like, oh my God, I never thought about it. I was like, you're <laughs> Like your iPhone has a better camera than anything else you own. Less owned is more, us. baby. Less is more. And they Less were like, oh. More. And I was like, and again, just that inability to immediately think about that, right? But 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 the bigger question here again is is here we are pretty much two thousand years later since the invention of Christianity in the Christian church, and we're still sort of using that same model right for people who have evolved tremendously since 2000 years ago does the model still fit and and is there and there's certainly a lot of resistance to adapting the model like this article right, right. so the question is does this model of church still fit for that was basically created how many, you know, uh, again, this is people gathering, talking about God. Like this is basically the model from the earliest disciples. And here we are 2000 some years later. Is this still a model that works for who we are? And, 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 or only some parts of it work and some don't anymore. Are we willing to adapt? And I think our reluctance to adapt is why we've seen tremendous drops in numbers in the last 50 60 80 years because because we've advanced that much quicker exponentially in the last 50 60 80 years um so so it's it's a it's a bigger question um and and again the pandemic accelerated that discussion Mm -hmm. right and 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 it was a lot of work and and traumatizing for a lot of people to make that switch so that we want to go back to what's comfortable. We want to go back to, right. to gathering places together because that was safe, that was comfortable. We knew what that meant. We knew how that felt. Um, and this doesn't feel the same way. So therefore, I don't know that we want to keep doing this. But for some, and again, for some people, it was what they've been waiting for their whole yes. life. You mean they can experience this and not show up? Holy crap. Well, but thank you, God. Prayers answered. It's also poked holes in um, how much we work, the access Mm -hmm. that work now has to us, which is basically 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Like it's poked holes in all of it. And 
yes, as like, I do agree with that. I also, I come, I keep coming back to this question in myself, as we talk about this of like how much I love when I feel safe enough to have dinner with another couple or, you know, when it's nice outside and we can sit outside and how excited I am to see my friends gathered together. And I keep coming back to that in terms of that will never get old for me. And if, and, and because it's probably next to my family, one of my highest priorities, right. Is to have community with friends and to break bread and sit around a table and, you know, stay a little too long at the table, you know, have a three hour dinner where you're just, you keep talking. And then somebody looks down like, oh, we should go. It's getting late, but you, the conversation isn't over. Like those kind of things will never stop being important to me. Yeah, but do you feel the same way about congregants? But that's the issue is exactly what I'm saying. Like all of this, and I think it's because of the pandemic, we're just too tired mm-hmm. that these questions are a little too hard to answer because we're so tired. And we're still sort of in it. <laughs> we're still in it. Listen, yeah. this, I need to fully admit that Omicron emotionally and mentally set me back in a way that I was oh, yeah. not, it was unexpected. Oh, it was PTSD. Let's yes. just call it what it is. It was yeah. PTSD of March, 2020. And I'm you know, seeing and, and- it in me. I'm seeing it in the people I serve, like having to say, please, if you're comfortable, stay online, don't come to, like doing all of make, have all that decision fatigue came back. I see it in my kids with the heightened stuff at school, you know, everybody's just so tired. Like we all just, we all need a break. And this virus is not giving us that break. Now, at the same time, there's an excellent New York Times article that I would recommend that you read about um, vaccine hesitancy on people like me. And I totally am accused, (coughs) excuse me, or I, I needed to look at myself of like, you are vaccinated and boosted and the chance of you getting severely ill are 0.1%. You mm-hmm. need to really think about your behavior and your hesitancy and your fear and you need to lower your anxiety. And I was like, yeah. you know what? That's actually really helpful for me to okay. read. Thank yeah. you. Like it was, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, I'm doing this to myself at this point. You know, yeah. I'm, and again, I understand why I'm doing it, but I need to do the work to trust like I also need to trust the science. <laughs> right. Exactly. And and there's also and and in addition to that, there is the there is the uh because of that, you know, many places are like, then let's call it over. And no, let's and just that is not what I'm saying. Reopen everything, <laughs> drop. I know that's not what you're saying. Right. And that's and I'm I'm on that page too. Like, no, this does not mean we drop things like mask mandates because mm-hmm. again, vaccines gonna stop me from dying if I get it from you. Mask is gonna stop me if I'm carrying it because because yeah. now I'm gonna be a carrier because we know that the vaccine efficacy has gone down since Omicron. So now if I'm a carrier, it's gonna stop me giving it to you on the offshoot chance that you might not be vaccinated. So I so so for me, if I was running the show, which will not end well, let's just I'll, I'll just put sure, that disclaimer out there. Nobody no, wants that to happen. But if I was, I would I would I would lift all the closures and all that, reopen everything, but keep the mask mandates because 
there's still going to be spread. How can we reduce the spread? And, and, and the masks, masks, by all reports, have been the most effective in reducing the spread. You don't want to get, at this point, I'm like, you don't want to get vaccinated to keep yourself alive. That's on you. Go for it. You want to you wanna roll the dice? Go for it. But that doesn't mean we stop trying to cut down on transmission. And the vaccines don't aren't intended for cutting down on transmission. <laughs> That's what the masks are for. So yes, let's keep the mask. And, and if you don't want to be vaccinated, yeah. you want to roll the dice, that's up to you. And I just, I mean, just to reiterate, like we're not changing anything that we're doing. It's just a matter of my own anxiety and fear. Yeah. You know, I ran to Target today and a woman was talking on her phone with her mask pulled down and like walking, I had to cross aisles with her and it was like, oh my God, don't, 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 you know? And it's just like, okay, you can come, like, I've got an N95 on, I've got, you know, and I'm just like, okay, you need to slow your roll a little bit. Like, it's fine. You're okay. She turns toward you and it's like a lightsaber coming out of her mouth. I know, exactly. (laughs) You're like, you, I mean, and really, like, I'm like, I would cut a bitch in this moment. Like, I, this is, this is not okay. Like, my, Ooh. the way that I feel in this moment towards another human being is not okay. Like, oh my God. anyway, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's too funny. I, I, think- I, uh, I rejoined, I rejoined a book club for the first time. Mm. Um, and that you're and not leading of all things that I am not leading, <laughs> yeah. and, and more importantly, not related to church anything. Uh, you know, it is it is a hundred percent like we we read in fiction books, and it's it's like any book club I've always attended is just me and generally a bunch of middle aged women, and we're talking we're talking literature, which which I'm all good with. But um, it's like but, uh, it's like Ted Lasso and Roy Kent exactly. So, but we go to the woman we 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 meet at this woman's house and we're sitting in her living room and and it's it's not a huge living room so nobody's any more than you know three four five feet away from each other but we're all still wearing our masks and i'm like you know what i'm good with that i am good with that i agree that yes uh, i so and I'll, and I'll finish on this no just getting back to all the activities we used to do is going to be the solution for all the trauma the trauma of what we went through the last two years and i think people who are pushing that are like you know, we will feel better if we just get back to doing the things we normally did. I'm like, no, we still then got to process all the last two years. So it's not as simple and straightforward as that. And to the to the to the article's point uh, from The New York Times, there is there is something about that life human interaction mm-hmm. um, and encounter that sustains us. It's not all that does it, but but it's important. Otherwise, we wouldn't have suffered all suffer the way we did in the last two years. It's right. not it either or again, easy. it's both and, exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. And uh, one of the pushbacks, and we've sort of mentioned this already, but one of the main pushbacks about her main point of canceling or stopping offering online services is that it's you know very ableist. You know, It's assuming yes. that mm-hmm. everyone has equal access to show up in person. And that's just not true. And it's also very, uh, it's also very, uh, there's some economic disparities there too. We're assuming that everyone has a strong enough, can afford a strong enough broadband connection, (laughs) right? That, that, that folks can connect to as well. So, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of poking, a lot of holes there that when we look at the online stuff that we got to, 
account for, you know, and, and if there was another silver lining of the pandemic was that it exposed a lot of those um, inequities as well. Well, Um, Sorry, another comment from a a listener, Quincy, again, uh, I guess, uh, referring, this came in like 15 minutes ago, so referring to the uh, in-person versus virtual comment, it's not the same, you need that palpable energy to be had from the experience. I I think the embodiment experience is the best. However, for online, what can be done is pre-record and then live stream in the pre-record so that those tuning in can comment. I realize it's not an option for many communities. I'm fortunate for my congregation that we can do that. And when we do live stream, it is with people in the room. When we do online, it is typically pre-recorded and made available via Facebook, YouTube, and a church website. Um, so, so, but the other thing I'll also say to this is, again, it's not either or, it's both and. Yes, live stream, maybe invite a few people over to your house and you watch the live stream together or you watch the pre-record together so it's not an isolation experience as well. There are many ways you can you can get around this. Yeah, there's hybrid options. Exactly. Can I, I, I we need to end and I wanna end, but I wanna tell one quick story of a parishioner. Um, in March of 2020, we went online and we pre-recorded and put out a link on Sunday morning and her husband hadn't attended Sunday morning worship in years. He's kind of one of these that felt church became too political or, you know, whatever, or just liked his golf time better, you know, whatever it was, he didn't come on Sunday morning and he ended up, he died not of COVID, but, um, in April of 2020 and they got six weeks every Sunday when she sat down to watch worship and she was a faithful every Sunday person. She would sit down to watch worship and he would come sit with her and mm. they would take communion together and they would oh. watch the service together. And at his, at his funeral, she said that was, that was a gift mm. that was given that we got not just this time together, you know, of the last six weeks, but that we, you know, he came back to church in a lot of ways. So I, I just, I'm not so hesitant to give, you know, like there's a lot of hesitancy to give it up. Let me put it that way, that there's, there really are some beautiful things that can come out of it. That's church in itself. That, and that's church, right? Sitting with her husband Mm -hmm. in those last days and, 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 and. And and they didn't know it was the last days, right? right. Like it wasn't that kind of situation. Sure. But it's that, but that's what church is, right? Church is about creating connection with yourself, with the divine, with others. And, 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 and if that's a place of connection they could find together as a couple, that's, that's beautiful. That, that in itself is an endorsement for like, yeah, we, we, we're not into this. And these are people in their late eighties. Like they're not, you know, this is just, so this is, this is just, yes, it's one of many, many, many stories, but I, I just was reminded of that and wanted to share because I, um, I really love that for them. And the joke of it was, is that they'd ran out of things to talk about, but at least they could talk about Sunday service because it would be different each week. You know, well, thank you friends for tuning into Pub Theology Live. You can show your love for the show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Get access to pre and post show banter and more. Visit patreon.com slash PT live to get started. And a big thank you to our current patrons. 
You can listen to us anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts. Our top cities this week are Lincoln, Nebraska, Indianapolis, and again, Stockholm, Sweden. Somebody's discovered us. Watch us live Tuesdays on Facebook around 4.30 p.m.-ish. Uh, find our creative pub theology in your town. Learn more at pubtheology.com. And until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. I just looked up as if um, Shannon were my Scrabble letters. Yeah. And there are no words found. <laughs> there you go. There it is. There it is. Definitive. We got Nog, Ogun, and New. G N U from Ogun. Oh, yeah, Gnu. That's like an animal. Gnu. There's no, you don't pronounce the G in Gnu. I know, but I like to say it so people know I'm not. Barney. All there. you get is Barney. That's all you Bar- get. Barney. <laughs> That's all you get, Brian. Barney. Uh, no words found. I I cannot be changed. You cannot I'm be changed. Or there, there is no substitute. <laughs>